Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series to help you to learn new habits, to optimize your life, and to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 44, and the topic for today is advice and mentoring. The idea for this podcast came from a listener, and there was some feedback from Brad on the website and some email back and forth between he and I. There's more detail than what I'm just about to share with you here, but this is the essence of this suggestion. So Brad writes, I do greatly enjoy the program and feel the advice is quite invaluable. I sincerely appreciate the time you put into making it such an amazing collection of powerful advice. Thank you for all you do. He also makes show suggestions on decision-making and finding mentors, official and unofficial. And he says, thanks again. So the focus for today's podcast then, in response to Brad's suggestion, is to talk a little about how you can go about finding sources of advice and mentoring beyond the listening to this podcast, which, as you know, is all about, you know, mentoring as well. As you might imagine, this is a topic that I feel quite strongly on and have for some time and have believed that everyone should have a mentor and uh, be a mentor and even have more. But we'll get into those details in a minute. I want to start off with some quotes. John Crosby says, mentoring is a brain to pick an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. Donovan Bailey says, Every kid needs a mentor. Everybody needs a mentor. Sanford I. Wheel says, I remember the mentoring experiences of some teachers that I had, like a second-term homeroom teacher in public school that really was very helpful to me. Sean Paul says, I think kids should have a mentor and a role model, but that they shouldn't take one person's opinion to be what we call final assessment or judgment about how life is supposed to be. Whoopi Goldberg says, We're here for a reason. I believe a bit of the reason is to throw little torches out to lead people through the dark. And finally, Dick Gregory says, One of the things I keep learning is that the secret of being happy is doing things for other people. So some thoughts to get us started on this overall topic of advice and mentoring. And as usual, I've put together a top 10 list to guide us through the advice and mentoring on this particular topic. A little circular there. Number one is to consider what you'd like to be mentored on. Some people take the general position where they'd like to just find someone to get advice from and and talk to. And it's usually most successful and most effective if you first think through what kinds of topics, what kind of areas of your life you most would like to have advice and mentoring on, whether it's career advice, whether it's relationship advice, whether it's health-related, whether it's uh, parenting advice. So think first about the particular areas of your life that you would like to get some advice and mentoring on before you really start down this process of identifying how you might be able to accomplish 
getting some help with that. So the advice again is not to, as we talked about in previous podcasts too, don't do everything at once. Don't necessarily assume that one person is going to be the right person to give you advice on everything. You might want to, and I've my experience, it works best if you have specific topics that then you can follow up with particular people on. Number two is think about the people who are good at that, whatever that topic was, and whom you admire. Think through the various topics you just came up with in your mind when you were thinking about needing to have advice and a mentor with regard to those particular topics. Who comes to mind? That is really good on that topic and you not only really good on it but also is somebody that you really admire as being you know good on that topic and number three very much related to that is consider people that you know that is people at work people at school people that you know among your group of friends as well as people you don't know and that is even famous people that are really good at what it is that you're wanting to have some help with and then lastly You know, consider professionals that also give professional advice in this area. Increasingly, we have people who help us to optimize life in positive ways and not necessarily just have professionals that deal with, you know, significant problems in life. And a lot of the things that people would like to have some mentoring on are the areas of really optimizing life lot of the kinds of topics that we talk about in this series as well. And the guests that I have on the podcast periodically are also great candidates for you to consider for professional help with regard to advice and mentoring. And I would suggest that you consider contacting them as well. But so first think about these topics, as I mentioned, that you'd like to have some help with. Think about who you you admire and who really is good at those. Consider somewhat widely who may be a candidate, and I'm suggesting that you think not only of the people that you know, but also think about other people that are good at it, because you don't necessarily have to have a mentor that you necessarily talk with. A lot of people always assume that. The only model here that works in the whole mentoring space is, you know, somebody that you can bounce ideas off and ask specific advice for. You know, there are a lot of things that are perfect for that, but there are other things that you can actually observe somebody uh, doing those behaviors well and just study them. And, you know, some may argue that's not really a mentor. I consider that a mentor. I have several, you know, mentors in that regard in my own life for the podcasting work I do here with you. When I got started on doing this work, I actually had a guy by the name of Leo Laporte, who runs basically a technology podcast sort of network. I really listened to his podcast. I've never spoken to the man, but I have enough insight now into how to do these sessions, how to even do the technology sides of it, how to do all aspects of it. And I consider him to be a mentor, even though, like I say, I don't necessarily speak with him. I also have a couple of mentors myself as well that are more formal mentors and where I can actually speak with them and, you know, get feedback and ideas and the like. And as I've mentioned many times before, or maybe several times before, 
I also do formal mentoring at uh, my place of work as well, because there is a formal program for that as well. So there's some 14 people that I mentor on a regular basis, and we'll get into a little bit more of that in a minute. So consider the people, but I'm, I'm suggesting here to think widely about who you might think would be appropriate as a mentor. And in many ways, I probably am a mentor to you too, if you already are, you know, listening to this podcast series, even though we typically have the communication one way, as I've mentioned many times before, there is also the opportunity for two-way communication. And a number of you do take the opportunity to write to me and get back to me on particular topics. And of course, I don't do one-on-one mentoring outside of work and really just do this podcast series to provide the advice, to record it and provide it out to you all is my primary method of doing more broadcast type, you know, mentoring. But as I mentioned, there are the other uh, guests that I have on this program are also in the situation where they do in fact provide Uh, that kind of mentoring professionally. So if you do want to avail yourself of that, you could certainly contact uh, them as well. And they did give their information and I'll include in the show notes for this session, uh, their contact details as well. So number four is to use programs at your place of work or school to establish mentoring relationships. If your company has a mentoring program in place, meaning that they encourage the use of mentoring then you've got a great start. And it surprises me that companies that do have that kind of program available, how infrequently people actually make use of it. This is one of those cases where when something is made available, you know, grab the opportunity and set up a mentoring relationship using the guidelines that they have. Now, your place of work or your school or wherever may not have a formal program. And that doesn't mean that you can't you know, set one up yourself either, because it's not that really complicated. It really is all about, like I said, finding the right people and the right person or persons, and then, you know, connecting directly, you know, with them, whether a formal program or whether there's an informal one. So number five is if you don't have formal programs, you can contact them directly. You can uh, send them an email. You can, if there are people that you know that you do talk to, you can ask them to come and have a coffee, you know, with you and just mention to them that you admire the way that they do X, Y, or Z or Z, and that you would love to get some advice from them if they'd be willing to do that. Now, you got to choose if it's not a really formal program, you have to be a little bit careful in choosing the right, you know, person that even though they may be very good at the particular thing that you'd like to have advice on, You also want to make sure that they're the kind of person that may well want to provide this kind of advice as well. So think about the way that you could, you know, contact them, the way that you could just straight up mention that you admire the way that they do, whatever it is, and that could you get some advice, you know, from them and would they be able to provide you with some of that? And I mentioned earlier too, the situation that I have with regard to uh, Leo Laporte, for example, is my sort of mentor that I don't actually speak to. You can also observe and watch from a distance people that you think are particularly good. I've mentioned before too that, you know, certain political leaders 
if you're thinking of things like, you know, public speaking, or if you're thinking of the way that certain people are in dealing with other people. And many of those kinds of behaviors, you can really just observe and really just take note and actually make it a study, you know, decide to watch, if it's public speaking, let's say, watch somebody that you admire, replay that tape, you know, go to the YouTube and watch that speech, let's say, over and over, study it, see how they pace themselves, see the way that they take breaks, look at the way that they are making eye contact, look at how they deal with questions. What do they do with hecklers? Same thing with if you really admire how somebody is, how they interact with other people. Let's say you're at a party, you might want to not even contact the person and tell them, you know, that you want to have a formal mentoring relationship. Just watch the way they work. How do they react? Do they compliment other people first time that they say hello? Do they, you know, how, what's their body language? Do they smile a lot? You can, you can just make a study of other people that are particularly effective at certain behaviors. Now, certain other things, you don't have as ideal a, an opportunity to simply observe, in which case you really do need to set up a, a relationship, a mentoring relationship to get that kind of advice. And some things like, you know, career uh, mentoring is, is like that you know, where you may want to just get advice on, well, these are the things to consider. This is what to look out for, you know, getting feedback on particular items and the like. So there are certain things that you can just observe and you don't need to have a mentoring relationship as in, you know, talking to the person necessarily. You can, in fact, just observe them. But this is all based on the topic area that you'd like to have some advice on. Number six is mentoring relationships can be a single get-together or an ongoing set of meetings, whether informal or formal. Here again, too, many people think that mentoring relationships are just, oh, okay, I just want to have a mentor and want to be able to talk to them once a week and have an ongoing relationship like that. I mean, that's one model, but that's not the only one. And so even if you're getting together with the person and you can do that in person, you can also do that remotely over the phone or video conference or whatever, or even via, you know, email. But think about what the frequency might be. In certain cases, having one meeting together with the other person is sufficient. If you want to know about how they, let's say career-wise, got to where they were and where they are now, and let's say that information isn't available online somewhere, and you wanted to get sort of the insight into, you know, how did they actually achieve, you know, that particular set of promotions or how did they really get to enjoy their job so much because they're getting to do this, this, and this? How did that come about? If you want to get that kind of advice, a lot of time that's a one-time thing, as well as even getting, you know, direct advice on the considerations with regard to career directions that you're considering. That doesn't necessarily have to be a longer-term relationship. That could be a simple one-time event of saying, okay, these are the things I'm thinking about. What do you think? What's your advice? And as the one of the quotes mentioned, I also want to make sure that you might want to seek out more than one person and not necessarily only rely on one person as being the definitive word on a particular topic. So seek out the particular advice that you're looking for. Don't necessarily hang on every word but use it as input that you combine with your own thinking. You know, you're not going to rely entirely on this mentor as providing the ultimate, ultimate wisdom. 
You really want to make sure that you're really just combining their thoughts with your own in knowing where to go next. Number seven is state clearly what you'd like to get out of a mentoring relationship and then come up with a plan. So if it's a one-time event, like I just described, be really clear when you're starting that mentoring meeting, why you want to have it, what you want to get out of it to set the frame because the person that's mentoring you will find that really useful because it'll structure how they have to think about providing advice. will also prevent getting into all kinds of side conversations that may or may not be useful, but often aren't necessarily that useful if you really have an objective of really getting particular advice. So think about providing the context clearly at the beginning of that mentoring meeting or mentoring relationship. And if it ends up being a mentoring relationship, a longer than a single event, you also want to drop a plan. Basically describe a plan that what you'd really like to do is, you know, thank them very much for their advice with, let's say it's career advice and maybe ask them to consider getting together with you again, or maybe getting together with you once a quarter or, you know, once a month even, or once a week, even depending on what the particular topic is and, you know, who they are and what you're trying to accomplish and how quickly you're going to be working on something. You know, if it were to be advice on, you know, next steps with regard to career, let's say the decision to get together once every two months, that's actually the frequency by default that I have mentoring meetings with uh, my mentees at work and get together with them for half an hour every two months. That's scheduled. And I might suggest as well that if you have those kinds of longer term mentoring relationships that you actually do, if you have a scheduling system, that you actually schedule them even if it's half an hour every two months, which is, again, the frequency I'm running, but having them scheduled is really, really important because what often happens is with so many other things in life that we intend to go and do, we lapse. And if it just comes down to the people involved to think of and then arrange a mentoring session, it's going to be a whole lot harder if you need to remember that, and if you have to then contact the person again and say, oh yeah, can I have another meeting? It's a lot more effective in my view if you just schedule those mentoring sessions. You can always cancel them if one or the other of you are too busy or there's really nothing to talk about, let's say. You can also set up more frequent meetings or there might be a need for a particular session to have and I've had that, and I have that as, as an open invitation to the people that I mentor, that if they would like to have a, a meeting, you know, within the next couple of days, because they've got some really important decision to make, let's say, and they want to get some feedback on it, then, uh, then they can set that up. And I give them the license to go do that. But think hard about setting up these meetings in a way that they will happen regularly if that's what you decided to do. It'll increase the likelihood you'll actually have them. And like I said, there's still flexibility and change in them if it comes to that. But the suggestion is, in fact, to set them out as a regular scheduled event. Number eight is mentoring sessions can be structured. They can be practice sessions or they can just be sounding board opportunities for you. Let me go through those. So they can be structured in the sense that you can lay out a plan of 
very specific things that you want to work with a mentor on. That this particular meeting, we're going to deal with this. And then the next one, we're going to deal with this. That's one way to do it. And I have probably about one half or so, a third to a half of the people that I mentor. It's that format. So the person, the mentee comes in to the mentoring session and says, you know, here's the one or two topics that I'd like to talk about today. And here's the specific advice I'd like to have on it. The other form is to actually have the mentoring session be a practice session. So if there is a particular topic, let's say it's having a a good way of asking somebody else for a particular topic. Let's say there's somebody that's having a difficulty with somebody else at work or at home and they want to have advice on how to deal with that situation and it actually involves advice with regard to how you handle that situation, what you actually say, what do you say if the other person says this, that sort of thing. I generally think it's a good idea to role play and actually do it live in the mentoring session to actually get the experience for how that person should handle that situation. And that's highly effective in my experience because you're actually doing it. You're not talking about doing it. You're actually practicing it. Similar kind of things too, when I'm working on improving somebody's presentation style and ability, we'll do a practice session of a presentation and they'll present to me and I'll provide feedback, you know, on those sessions. So the format here then is an actual, you know, practice session of variety of types. The third type of mentoring session that I come across is where there's nothing in particular that is being dealt with in a structured way in this session. It's not a practicing session. It's just an opportunity to get together and that the other person just has some ideas they want to bounce off. There's not even any particular advice that they want to get. They just want to describe what it is they're thinking of doing next. If there's anything that comes up to discuss, but it's not like they're necessarily coming in saying, this is specifically what I need instruction on, or this is what I need specific advice with. It's more, here are the things that I'm working on. Any thoughts do you have on any of this? Or, you know, back and forth. And that's even a equal discussion of, um, of particular directions to go. So these can take any of a variety of different really structures. And you should think of the alternatives as well. And in certain cases, ask your mentor if you could have, for example, a practice session, even though they weren't necessarily thinking of that as an opportunity for exploring that particular topic. Number nine is consider being a mentor yourself to someone else. You'll learn as much as they do. This is something I feel quite strong and quite passionate about, that I think that anybody at any stage of their life and in any stage of their career is in a position to provide advice and mentoring to others that may not be at that stage. And you may say to yourself, oh yeah, but I'm only just starting out in my career. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just a, um, a, you know, a high school student or I'm just at college or university. You've got lots of experience that you can give to other people that may not have had those experiences. And think about that thought and think about how you may well want to provide advice you know, to others as well and make yourself available for doing that. When I get together in the mentoring sessions, you know, I'm referred to as the mentor and the others are considered to be the mentees. But I mentioned that you can learn an awful lot. You can learn an awful lot about yourself. You can learn an awful lot about 
the topics that you're discussing and exploring in a mentoring relationship as the mentor as well. So don't just assume that you want to look for a mentor and that you just need advice. You can actually get lots of insights into the very topics that you'd like to have mentoring advice on by actually being in a mentor relationship as well. Number 10 is to evaluate your mentoring relationships to determine whether to continue or whether you've accomplished your goals or whether they're not working out. Don't feel like you have to be continuing on with the relationships if there's really a situation where you're either done, you know, you've gotten all the advice you needed from that person and you really thank them deeply for the advice that they gave and all that, but you can finish that up then. Let's say there's six sessions you had together. Fine. You've now gotten to the point where you needed the advice, you got the advice, you're satisfied. You can then thank the person and that would be the end of that relationship. The other situation is a little tougher if the objectives that you had for the mentoring session really weren't met and that you've spent, you know, one or more, especially if it's a expectation that it's a longer term relationship that you've developed, but you're really not finding it all that useful. You can still finish up that session and thank the person for their advice and that, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're now fine. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to get into the, the reality of that you weren't really finding their advice all that useful. Don't even go down that path. Just, you know, thank them for the advice that they've given, but move on. And keep in mind too, that again, when I mentioned in number one, that you want to think about the various topics you'd like to have some mentoring advice on. Again, keep in mind that you just want to use this to get the right level of insight and understanding on certain topics. And as I mentioned, you want to tailor particular mentors to particular topics. And so you may well have two or three mentors at any one time. I'd advise you don't necessarily do too much of that because it can get to becoming unwieldy. But do keep in mind that you don't want to necessarily just assume there's a single mentor that's going to give you all the advice that you need on everything. Within that context, you can, even if a particular mentoring relationship didn't work out, you can seek out another one and see if that may work out better on a particular topic or go on to the next topic that you may want to get some mentoring advice on. So it's a topic that I think is really important because you can do all the book reading, you can do all the studying, you can know a particular discipline area really well. You know, you can read all the parenting books that are out there, but there's still some level of practical advice that, and experiential advice that is often not available in those other formats. I think that the podcasting format that we're using here is slightly better yet than a lot of those straight book learning types of environments. And I try to, and that's actually the motivation for this overall series, as many of you may know, that I did actually do a lot of mentoring in my work. I also did some personal level of mentoring among friends before and simply wanted to record those sessions initially and make those recordings available to the people I mentor because on certain topics I was sort of repeating myself and giving similar advice to multiple people as mentoring. So I thought, why not record it and then point them to that particular topic for that particular advice. And of course, then I decided that I might as well make that available on iTunes and, you know, the rest is history in terms of the um, significant interest that has been expressed 
by all of you in following the advice in this podcast series. But so this session and this podcast series really came out of an overall approach to mentoring that I've been doing for some time. So it does actually capture, again, largely in a unidirectional sort of uh, format, advice that is based on not only the research that I know or things that I've gleaned from formal education, but also, you know, very, very much personal experience and also the experiences of others that I try to convey to you here. So this is very much a mentoring relationship like that, but as I mentioned, it's a unidirectional one. But you can explore, I think, getting insights from people by pursuing the advice that I've given you in this session of connecting with people that you really know and admire on a particular topic and just even one coffee session with them, but just having a even relatively brief conversation with somebody that's got really, really deep experience in a particular topic area can give you insight that, like I say, you couldn't get in any other way. And so I very, very much strongly endorse and suggest that you pursue some form of mentoring, you know, beyond the uh, relationship that we have in this session in any of the ways that I've described here. And do also feel free to send me a note if you have any further questions on any of this, and I'll try to provide some feedback there as well. And of course, also feel free to provide any uh, feedback in terms of your the kinds of things that you're finding are valuable in these sessions that we do together, as well as things that uh, you may want to see improved. And also, very importantly, any suggestions that you may have for topics, just like Brad did, that led to this particular podcast episodes that we're doing today. I also got additional feedback recently from the lifehabits.net website from Peter, who says, I really enjoy your podcast. I really enjoyed the recent one on exercise, sleep, and diet. I look forward to the one on vegetarianism slash veganism. And that one is in the works and uh, will be coming up. And also via the U.S. iTunes store, there was a review by uh, Barton Lewis, who says, a must for lifelong learners, five stars. I've been listening to the Life Habit podcast for about a year now. I can say without a doubt, that it has given me the tools and insight to allow me to improve myself. If you are even remotely interested in improving yourself, make sure to give it a try. I also wanted to thank all of you who are listening to the podcast. The podcast just recently, and these numbers change regularly, but the podcast is number two in the iTunes store in Canada in the self-help category and was number eight in the U.S. store and uh, didn't check any of the other countries, but they are all different. You can look at your own country and see where it stacks up. And as I said a few episodes ago, you can all feel some sense of pride in those numbers too, because this is really a collaboration. This is really a shared environment that we develop here as today's session is a good example of with Brad suggesting the topic, we going through it together, as well as the feedback that you all provide as well. So do continue to provide feedback. You can write to me at lifehabits at gmail.com. You can also provide ratings and comments 
on the website at lifehabits.net. And very importantly, you can also go directly into the iTunes store and you can also go to the Zoom store as well and provide your feedback there. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all next time and bye for now.